Dear sister, before I go there, I just want you to just pause and think. The Bible says God sends his word and he doesn't return to him void. God has a word with your name on it. All right? So I want you to catch that today, okay? So I know my sister, Pastor Brenda, she's a woman of the secret place. The place of brokenness and revelation. So open your hearts for what God has for you today, uh, Pastor Brenda. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just stay standing for a minute. Hallelujah. I want to see who's in the house. Hallelujah. I want to see all your smiles like Pastor Reggie. Hallelujah. Let me see your smile. Hallelujah. Everybody smiling this morning? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Is God good or what? We made it to 2020. What? What? We made it. Glory to God. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. The worship was on point this morning. The prayer was on point this morning. Glory to God. I'm so glad that my sister's back in the house, Lord God, Minister Adesel. Glory to God. I thank God for her and the anointing that is on her life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I just got to pull my message up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She's going to do great and mighty things in the house. Glory to God. So I want to thank God this morning for this opportunity that he's given me to be before you. I count it a privilege and an honor. I'm so humbled that God thinks anything of me that he would use me on this platform. I would like to take time to give honor to my senior pastors of the house, Pastor Reggie and Candy Stewart. Um, yeah. <laughs> Glory to God. I publicly thank them and I count it an honor to serve in the house and I'm humbled by how they trust me and continue to use me um, to service the house. I thank God for that. I ask you all to agree with me that their family time away will be filled with favor, fun, and epic adventures. Hallelujah. Agree with me that they will come back rested, refreshed, recharged for the exciting year ahead of them. Glory to God. In the name of Jesus, I thank God for that. And I'm going back to Minister Adesel um, because um, I am glad that you are here, Adesel. I thank God for you and the gift that is inside of you. But I want to give a public um, acknowledgement this morning that she is um, doing the 21-day prayer. She's leading that. Um, like Minister Hudson said, there's some, a lot of women that come out. We like to see you men. We know that you're out there working hard for your houses. But I know some of you are sleeping and can get out of that bed. So we're asking that you come out and join us with the ladies to, um, to pray in Jesus' name. She's also, um, last Wednesday, if you were here, she took on the, on the honor of um, leading us with servanthood. And she did an awesome job. So let's give her a hand. I believe in giving people their praises in public. 
I believe in giving them their flowers while they are alive. My mama taught me that, praise the Lord. I'm glad to see my mama in the house, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So I invite you, as Minister Hudson said, to come out and uh, join us in the faithful warriors that show up to meet God, to intercede on the burdens that burdens God's heart. Now, I know that you're going to come with some of your own stuff, but come into the atmosphere asking God, what is it, God, that's on your heart that I can take off of your heart and I can pray and I can believe with you, God, partner with you, God, and bring it to pass into the earth, okay? Amen. Praise you. Close your eyes for a minute while I pray. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for choosing me, for giving me the desire to choose you. Jesus, I thank you for paying the price to purchase our freedom so that we can step in faith and enjoy the benefits of whole life prosperity where there's nothing remains broken and no need goes unmet. Holy Spirit, sir, I welcome you into the room today. Have your way. Lead, guide, and provide like only you can. I will decrease so you can increase. Father, take all the glory so that your children, your people, may enjoy the maximum victory. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hold your Bibles up at your devices, and let's get started. Hallelujah. Say this after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Today I will receive the word of God. I boldly confess my heart is alert. My mind is receptive. I will never be the same. As I receive the indestructible, incorruptible, ever-living seed of the Word of God, I choose to never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. So I'm I spent time with God. I prepared. Thank you, Lord. And I'm coming with this word about vision. Um, this is the season of vision. And so I just wanted to stay in line with the spirit. I believe in um, staying on the crest of the wave. And the crest of the wave right now is vision. Okay? So I believe in that. So I'm going to stay with that. So I'm going to keep it simple before you this morning because God taught me something. He taught me that revelation is embedded in the spirit of God. Anything else above that is extra. What do you mean, sister? I mean this in simple. In other words, you don't have to be a great philosopher to preach the word of God. No, you don't. Jesus was a carpenter, and I was a former hairdresser. But the word of God lives in, richly, in me richly, and that I will give to you today. Amen? Come in agreement with me that and say amen. amen. So today my message is, the title of my message is, Vision Can Come in Dark Places. Has anybody ever been in a dark place? Has every, anyone, maybe right even now, you might be in somewhat of a dark place. But vision can come in a dark place. Let's turn to your Bible to John 15. 
I'm going to read 5 through 7 from the Amplified Version. Amen? I'm going to move around a little bit, too. I'm going to act like I own this stage for a minute. Why not? Praise the Lord. The Lord is with me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So in John 15, 5, 7, the word of the Lord says, I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. That right there is talking about a place and a position, okay? The one that remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For otherwise, apart from me, that is cut off from vital union with me, you can do absolutely nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a broke-off branch and withers and dies. And they gather such branches and throw them into the fire, and they, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is, if you are vitally united and my message lives in your heart, ask me what you wish, and it will be done for you. Amen. You should say amen to that's the word of the Lord. That's not me. That's the word of the Lord. How many branches we got in the house today? Now, if you don't raise your hand, you are not the vine, so you are the branch, okay? You are definitely not the vine, so everybody should be raising their hand. If you think you're the vine, we got some ministers that will pray for you later because you're messed up, okay? All right. So we got some vines in the house. So God is saying to the vine, remain in him, and you can ask anything. So while I was preparing this message, this is what I heard. I heard the Lord say, as a church body, we are living in a season of plenty. We are living in a season of plenty. There is more than enough, I heard the Lord say. So if you see someone excelling and they're driving a nice car and they have a, a nice house and all that, if you're the branch of the, the branch and you are in God, you can have exactly what they have. There's no shortage, okay? So there's no need to be hating on anybody, okay? The Lord said there is more than enough. He said there is grapes on every branch. Who's a branch in the house? Oh, I got some more branches now, don't I? Uh-huh. Thought so. Okay. He said his favor is truly surrounding you like a shield. He said you can literally, right now in this season that we're in, you can literally lock arms with a brother or a sister, and you can call forth the loss, and then you can catch them in your nets. That's what God said, okay? He said we are going to be called into ministries, I heard this earlier. Someone said this earlier. He said, we're going to be called into ministries. We're going to be called into businesses. We're going to be called into positions and places that have been in your hearts for a long time. Everybody likes that, don't you? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah, Mr. Don likes that. All right. Okay, I got you. All right. He said this, though. The Lord said, in this season, we there's going to be something that's required of us. Do you want to know what it is? You sure? 
Okay, you asked. I'm going to give it to you. He said one thing you're going to have to have is x-ray vision. He said another thing that you're going to have to have is night vision. He said another thing that you're going to have to have is a vision of love. Okay? You better write that down because if, if one of those three things are off balance in this next season, all that stuff I told you previously, you're going to be on the short end looking at the one that's got the x-ray vision, the night vision, and the vision of love. And you're going to be hating in a corner, needing deliverance, and get your heart right. Okay? You got that? Amen. Okay. I'm just letting you know. All right. So before I can tell you about those various visions, I have to share a few nuggets from some of the familiar scriptures that we already know, um, but I'm going to share them with you. So let's turn to Proverbs 29, 18. Everybody know what that is? I thought you smart people knew the word. Okay. I'll tell you. All right. Okay. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Okay. So I'm going to go backwards rather than start at the beginning. I'm going to go backwards. And I'm going to start with the word perish. The word perish in the Hebrew is para, which means to suffer ruin and or destruction. It means unrestrained. It's kind of like a, um, a woman's hair on a windy day, her hair or her weave. You know what I'm saying? It just gets all crazy and wild. You know what I'm saying? Okay, don't be hating on the women that wear a weave. Hallelujah, glory to God. Okay, the word vision is sight. Everybody knows that. It's the power of sight. It's the state of being able to see. The New Living Translation says vision is a divine guidance. And the NIV version says it's a revelation. So it's a divine guidance and a revelation. That's what vision is. That's why it's important that we have it, because it guides and it gives us revelation on things, right? Amen. So my definition for vision is this. You might want to write it down because I actually think it's a good one. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. It's the ability to think about or plan the future while you're allowing the wisdom of God to drive your imagination. The ability to think about or plan the future while you're allowing the wisdom of God to drive your imagination. You need to say amen on that. Maybe you need to think about it. Okay, I'll let you off the hook. Now, the word where. This is a very important word. The word where, it means at, in, or to which, or what place, and or position you are in. The word where is at, in, or to, which, or what place, and position you are in. So just reading that, we should know right now that we can no longer use because I'm in this position, this broken position, this hurting position, this lack position. We can't use that anymore. We cannot use that anymore. As Christians, we cannot say, I don't have enough. As Christians, we cannot say, um, I'm hurting. Yeah, you can say you're hurting, but you can't get stuck there, okay? You cannot get stuck there. Remember, the word where is a place or a position. 
And the word of the Lord said, where there is no vision, okay? Where there is no vision. So you could be in a place of lack. That's where you are. But he said, in that place, if you don't have vision, you will come to ruin in that place, okay? So you can actually be in lack, but get vision and get out of that place of ruin. Amen? Amen. So remember that. It's not about having um, ruin all through your life just because something happened to you. It's about having no vision, no sight. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So we can no longer use the word where. We can no longer say, but I'm here, so I can't do this. But I'm there, I can't do that. We can't use it as our excuse not to pursue vision. Your position cannot hold you back from God's vision for your life. Nope, it cannot. Amen. And I'm going to show you it later. We must understand your where could be in the middle of a divorce. It could be in the middle of bankruptcy. It could be in the middle of a loss of a loved one. It could be in the middle of a lost job. You could be in prison. That's where your where could be. But you could still get vision. Amen. Amen. Okay? So don't allow your place or your position or your status to get you caught naked of vision. Somebody say this with me. Vision Vision. can come come. in the darkest of places. places. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Jeremiah 31, 33. One through three. I'm going to read from the um, NLT version. Amen, amen, amen. I thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. I'll tell you a little bit about Jeremiah, and then I'll move it forward. I don't think we're going to be here that long, but praise the Lord. We're going to get the word, and we're going to move on. We're going to get some vision, some sight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So here, Jeremiah, he was one of the major prophets. Um, God called him at a very young age. So this is just to go on and say that to the young people, because I know there's three groups of people the Lord told me that was in the room today. And he said there was going to be some young people in the room today who um, probably says, I got enough time. You know, I got some things to do. I want to do this. I want to do that. He said they were going to be in the room today. Then he said there was going to be a group of people in here that um, I'll talk to you about them later. But they've done a lot already. They've already done a lot. They, they consider themselves seasoned. They consider themselves in the last parts of their life. So they don't want a whole bunch of mess and a lot of stuff to do. Just let me ride this thing out, okay? Don't bother me with a lot. Don't call me to no committee meetings and no um, meetings for this and meetings for that. I I know, I know, I know they're going to be in the room today, okay? Those people are in the room today. But then there's another group in the room, he told me. There's a group in the room that's right on the crest of God's wave. There's a group in the room that's hungry for the Lord. There's a group in the room that's ready, ready to do the will of God. He said that group in the room is going to have a tamarind in their hand. That group in the room is going to say hallelujah to the Lord. That group right there, hallelujah. That group that's in the room, that one that's riding the crest of the wave, you know what the crest of the wave is? You know, this um, summer I was so privileged to go with my honey on our 41th, 
um, anniversary. And we spent 12 days in, um, where were we? Myrtle Beach. I always wanted to go to Myrtle Beach, okay? So he took me to Myrtle Beach for 12 days. I've never been on a vacation for 12 days. So I'm at Myrtle Beach. So we're looking. Actually, I want to tell you that the actual Myrtle Beach, the, you know, the place that everyone rants and raves about, I wasn't excited. But we actually found this place at Myrtle Beach, a private beach. Um, isn't God good? He gave us a little private beach, so we found this private beach. So we would go to this private beach every day, and we'd go out there in the big, big ocean. You couldn't see anything way out there, and we'd sit there for days. And when I came back, um, black girls can get burned, you know. I got burnt up. And then when I came back, they told me they wanted me to do a video, and I could actually see the suntan marks on my thing. I got burnt up because I just laid there like I didn't have a care in the world. And so we were in the water. We got the opportunity to go in the water a lot. Every single time we went out there and went in the water. And when I was in the water, um, I looked way out, and every so often you could see the wave building. And it was way out there, but you could see it beginning to come, right? And so I was like, oh, my God, it's coming, it's coming. Oh, I want to face it. Oh, no, I don't want to face it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to face it. And I kept going back and forth and back and forth. Sometime I faced it. Sometime I ducked down. Sometime it knocked me down. But I had so much fun in the wave. But sometimes I catch the wave after I got used to it, and I just laid on it, and I just rolled into the shore. And God says, those people are in the room today. They're on the crest of the wave, and they're just riding that wave in to that where, to that position that God has for them, okay? So I encourage you to find out which way the Spirit is flowing. Go that way, not your way, not his way, not her way. Go the way of the wave. Get on top of the wave. And you know the thing about the wave? I was watching the wave and studying the wave. It wasn't the wave that was really so cool. It was the power under the wave. Because without the power under the wave, the wave couldn't be high to carry you to your destiny. Amen. So I believe that the prayer that we're having right now, the 21 days of prayer, is the power underneath the wave to carry us into the destiny that God has called for us. How many of you have some vision and you need some power underneath for you to carry you to a designated place? So God says, come and join prayer. Lock arms with those that are praying, and you'll be able to do this. Let me give you this quick demonstration. I need some strong, powerful women. Adisel, praise the Lord. Tasha, praise the Lord. Miss Naomi, praise the Lord. And Miss Osmarie, because I know she don't want to get up. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let me show you something about the crest of the wave and about locking arms, about being together. You know, when I was a lock arms, girls, everyone, when we pray, they say, hold hands. I never hold hands, so don't ask me, okay? I always lock arms because I believe that if I hold on to you like this, you, it won't be so easy for you to get away from me. But if you hold my hand, I don't know what day I'm on. You know what I mean? I might be perspiring or something. You might slip away from me, okay? So lock on. So we used to play this game when I was uh, in school. And I don't know if it was a good game or a bad game. I know that Miss um, Bethany probably could tell us because she does all the studies on stuff. But the game was called Red Rover, Red Rover. Anybody know that game? Okay, so the object of the game was that 
if the person on this side um, was running through over there because they'd be calling that person, right? And if I ran real hard, I could break through them, and then they'd lose me. But if they caught me and not let me get through, then I'd have to join their team. And whoever got the most people on their team was the winner, okay? The Lord said to me, he says, the way that we're rolling right now up in IFWC, the way that we're locking arms, the way that we're coming together, the way that we're being bad all by ourselves, the way that we're doing that, he says, this right here, this, this unit, this locking of the arms, this thing right here, he said, they're going to be able, they got some family members, I'm sure. They got some stuff that's out there that they need to come to them and stay with them, okay? And the Lord said, they're going to be able to say, what you got, old Marie, that you need to come out there and come to you? Tell me. Tell me. Name one thing. Your father's health. Tell me one thing you need. Your kids, one thing you need. What's one thing? Okay. So they're going to be able to call, and they're going to be able to tell Satan to let that go and come into their possession. Amen? So I need you to call your father out of his sick place. Call your father out of his sick place. Woo! And then he's going to come. I'm telling you. Mm, mm, mm. And I'm telling you, her father's going to be all right. And the same is going to be for her. And the same is going to be for her. And the same is going to be for her. And the same is going to be for you. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you, God. This is what the Lord is saying. This is what the prayer is doing. This is what we are doing when we fall on our faces before the Lord even in our dark places. Somebody in this room right now is hurting beyond what they could tell us. They're aching inside of their hearts over something that they haven't shared with no minister. They're crying at night over something. But God says in that place where you think nobody can see you, nobody can hear you, I'm going to give you visions and dreams. I'm going to show you things that you never thought possible. Glory to God. I get so excited. I get mad at the devil when I know that he's hurting God's people. You know, one of the things that I get most mad at the devil about, um, of course, salvation, we all know that and everything. But the main thing that I personally get mad at the devil about is about the division in the body. Okay, because I know when the division's in the body, then it breaks the strength of the work of the body. Okay, because when there's division in the body, it's a funny thing. When there's division in the body, this is what happens. Okay, I believe sometimes you got these people and they're supposed to be locked together for a great work that they can't even see. Okay, and the devil will do Anything he can to keep them apart, okay? And so it, they're both saved, but they're separated, okay? So the power is less. So how they were locking arms, you know what they're doing? They're holding hands. Praise the Lord, you're my brother. Praise the Lord, you're my sister. Praise God, because Pastor told me to hold your hand. Praise the Lord. So when the, when the attack comes, the devil comes in and busts right through. 
Buses right through. Both of them need prayer. Her, her money's toe up. His house is falling apart, but they over there touching hands like this. We sisters and brothers, praise God, praise God. And the devil's going like this, stay just like that. Stay just like that because 2020 is coming and I'm getting ready to do a great work just like God. And I'm coming to tear down, destroy, break through what you're trying to build up. Amen? So I can't stand him when he brings division. Amen. Amen. Let me get back to the word. Woo, get inside. Okay. He was one of the major prophets. God called him at a very young age to prophesy by protesting. Um, uh, Jeremiah said, I don't know how to speak, for I'm only a youth. Young people, you can step out into the things of the Lord. But he received God's um, assurance, God's blessing, God's backing, and God's release. That he would put, would put his own words into Jeremiah's mouth and make him a prophet to the nations. He became closely involved in the political and religious events of a critical area in the history of the ancient Near East. His spiritual leadership helped his fellow countrymen survive disasters that include the capture of Jerusalem by the Babylonians, okay, and the exile of many. So Jeremiah... Um, came to the Lord at a very young age. He was in the will of the Lord. He was blessed by the Lord. He was doing what the Lord told him. He was approved of God. He was blessed, and he was working heavenly in the ministry. How many of you are doing what God called you to do right now? How many of you are, believe that you're right in the will of the Lord for your life? Now, if I asked you, I bet you you tell me that you have a tax right there. You've been attacked right in the place where you're right in the will of the Lord. Which goes on to say that just because you know God, you're not exempt. You're not exempt. I am a witness. I served the Lord since the day I came to him because I remember being a little girl and watching people go in the church and in the Lord, then this thing called backslide. They did the Michael Jackson. Then they went out of the Lord, okay? Then the next week, they were back in the Lord. Then the next week, here they go again. Here they go again. So I always said to myself, I don't want that. I don't want nothing to do with that. So when I come, I'm coming to stay. So don't ask me to come before then, okay? So I would go to church and they'd say, oh, you want to give your life to the Lord? You want to give your life to the Lord? I said, mm-mm, I ain't ready because I'm, I'm getting ready to leave church and go do something, 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 something. Okay, so I'm not ready, okay? When I go, I want to stay. That was me, okay? I'm not criticizing anybody that did the Michael Jackson a couple of times before they got settled. I'm not criticizing you. I'm saying for me, I just wanted to get in there and stay in there, okay? So... Here I am. I said, okay, Lord, this is what I want to do. I want to get inside of you, and I want to stay inside of you. So this um, Jeremiah, here he was in the right place, his where, his place in his position. He was called to be. He was right there and everything. He was doing what God told him to do. But then this is what happens to him at verse 1. While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the God while he was in prison, the Lord gave him this second message. This is what the Lord says. The Lord who made the earth, who formed and established it, whose name is the Lord, 
Ask me and I will tell you, you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. Okay, so the question is this, where was Jeremiah? Jeremiah was in prison. But where did the word of the Lord come to him at? In prison, in a dark place, in a place that he probably didn't want to be there. Remember, he was serving God and he was obeying God. Remember that? He was serving God and he was obeying that. And remember when he, he was young and the Lord told him to come and he said, oh, but I don't speak right. I don't do it right. I don't know. I'm not sure. And God said, I'll be with you. I'll fill your mouth. I'll do it for you, just like me. Before I came to the Lord, I said, I want to come. I feel it. I know it's the right thing to do. But if I come, I don't want to be like what I saw. I don't want to be like all those imitation Michael Jackson dancers. Okay? I don't want to be like them. One day in, one day out. One day up and one day down. This is kind of what Jeremiah said. I'm not sure. His confidence wasn't high. But God assured him that he would uh, be with him. He would bless him. He would give him a word. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah when he was locked up and confined in the prison. The prison represents a dark place, but yet God was still speaking to him. Amen. So I don't care what's happening in your house. I don't care what's happening with your money. I don't care what's happening in your relationship. God can still speak to you. Some of our greatest insights and downloads and divine guidance, remember that? Divine guidance and revelations and ahas are going to come in some of our deepest and darkest seasons. Tell your neighbor, be encouraged. Be encouraged. All, is All is not lost. I can tell you I'm a witness. In 2016, um, I prayed for a lot of people before then that were sick. Every time someone's sick, they made sure that they called me and said, oh, you got to come, you got to come. You love to pray, the power of your prayers, you got to come. So oh, I used to go to bedsides and uh, all kinds of things and just pray people, and I really enjoyed it. But I never saw myself becoming sick to the point of death, okay? In the church, praising the Lord, Doing all that I knew to do, never saw it coming, okay? So in 2016, I began to, me and my sister over here took a journey together. We've been on a journey ever since. Um, I'm, I'm uh, starting to feel all kinds of different things in my body. And long story short, um, some of the testimony, I don't tell it all. I tell it when the Lord allows me to release it. But while I was going through um, what I was going through, I actually... Um, was losing sight on this side, literal sight. I was going blind on this side. And I was also losing hearing on this side. But I kept thinking that it was a sinus infection, okay? I never imagined where it was going to take me to. I'm telling you today to listen to the word of the Lord. Um, wipe your eyes off of the vessel that God is using right now, okay? Wipe your eyes from what God is using and listen. See if you can hear God for you. Okay, so here I was in a service way before then, and I heard the man of God say this. He said, remember in darkness what I told you in the light. Okay? 
And I grabbed that thing for myself. It hit my baby like when uh, Elizabeth and Mary got together and the baby leaped. That word hit me like that, okay? And I grabbed that word and I held on to it. I made posts out of it. I did all kinds of things with it, not knowing that years later I was going to need that word, okay? So here I am at a hospital. Long story short, the Lord led me by the grace of God to a man that I walked into his office one day um, because I was standing on my bedside. Because sometimes when you get real broke down, if you're in a broke down place, I'm going to tell you to cry out to the Lord because that's what Jeremiah did, by the way, while he was there, okay? And the Lord heard him. The Lord heard him. And I was standing by my kitchen counter, and everyone's used to when things go wrong that it's going to be okay with me, okay? And so... I was standing there, and I told my husband, I said, you know, something's wrong. Something's wrong. I think I scared him. I think he thought, if she's saying something wrong, something wrong, okay? You know, because usually she's saying, oh, it's going to be all right. So I said, I think something's wrong. Something's not right. And I'm standing there. I didn't tell him how bad the hearing was going and the loss was going. I stood there. So he kind of said, oh, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right, like calming me down and like walking away from me like, oh, I just don't want to hear that, you know. And so when he walked away from me, I'll never forget the fear that came over me, okay, because I really didn't know what was wrong with me. In that moment, I felt like this is not a sinus infection. This is something else. And I was standing there in the kitchen, and I grabbed the hole to my table because I actually was afraid to go to sleep because I was afraid I wasn't going to wake up the next morning. And so I held on to the counter, and I, I said this to the Lord. You promised me that you would light my path. I need you. And I walked into the room, and I sat on the bed afraid to go to sleep, but I fell off. When I woke up in that morning, God heard me. So I woke up like this, like, oh, I'm still here. And I said, I got on the phone because I was stopped driving. I couldn't drive myself. My, my mother and them, they would drive me when they were with me. If I come to church, I disguise it really good. I'd hold tight to Brian. I'd do things to camouflage it and everything because I didn't know. And I, that morning I woke up. I woke up full of energy and perk. And I called my mother and I said, come get me. She said, where are you going? <laughs> I said, to work. She goes, work? You can't go to work. I said, I'm not going to lay here and die. So I figured this is the way I figured it. I'll be sitting in the shop. Maybe nobody will come. I won't take the phone, but I'll lay in there dead, you know, or something. This is really what I thought. So my mother said, okay, well, let's go get her. So both of them come up to drive me up. I'm going on the highway, and I heard the Spirit of the Lord. Remember I told you that I was going blind on this side and couldn't hear? Well, I had a good ear, and God spoke on this side, okay? And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, turn into there. And I said, uh-uh, turn the car, turn the car. My mom says, they looked at each other. I said, go in there. She says, you got an appointment? I said, no. Okay. She said, well, how are you going to get home? I said, I don't know. Just go in there. I walked into the doctor's office. And I asked the lady, could the doctor see me? I was wrecked in my body. And she said, oh, I'm so sorry. The best we could do it was a Friday. We can get you in on Monday. So I said, you know, I knew I heard the Lord in my spirit, in my good ear. And so I'm just standing there kind of sick, like, what do I do? I, maybe they left me. Maybe I got to walk all the way to the shop. But that's okay. I'll hold on to the poles, look down at the floor, whatever. I'm just not going to lay here and die. 
all of a sudden, the doctor, who, by the way, had only seen me one time in my life, this man did not know me, walks out of a patient's room, and he walks down the hall as I'm getting ready to turn, and we catch eye contact. And he says, hey, 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 have her wait. I want to see her. I didn't have an appointment, okay? Is God not good or what? So he calls me in, and all I kept hearing was, this is peculiar, but I'm going to send you to the next guy. So I get to the next guy. He says, this is peculiar. By the way, I kept telling them, that's in the Bible. I know I'm pretty peculiar. Just tell me what's wrong with me. And so, he's, so they said, this guy said to me, I said, because i got to get back to the shop on Tuesday. And he says, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to send you in the hospital, give you a complete write-up, and then I'm going to get you back out. That's the only reason why I agreed to listen to him. So I went to the hospital. Long story short, they found out what was wrong with me, and there was a tumor sitting in the base of my brain. And so I was in the hospital for a whole month there. And another part of the story that I haven't left out, um, I left out along the way because it wasn't time to share it, but I guess it is now. Um, when I was in the hospital for that month, um, the Spirit of the Lord came to me and spoke to me. Now, one time I woke up when I was in the hospital, they had me on the, the strongest uh, drugs that you can give to a human being, they told me. So they said, you know, I'll be looped in and all that stuff like that. Um, all I could think was, you know, just carry up and get this thing over with, whatever it is. And I'm laying in the bed, and I look across the hallway every now and then, and I saw a woman in a cage. She was literally in a cage. And I kept saying, you know, wiping my eyes, like, is this woman really in a cage? And then a woman kept coming into my room, and she was trying to sell me jewelry. And she says, you want to buy this? Hey, come on, make it. Like she was doing a drug deal or something. Hey, you want to make a, you know, you want to buy this, want to buy this? And I said, oh, those are nice. And, and then she leaves, she come back, and she's next day, and she want to do the thing again. And I kept looking, and I see that woman over there, because I couldn't get out of the bed. And I says, why is that lady in the cage, and why is this lady coming and selling me jewelry in the hospital? So I said, something's not right here. And I said, and the nurses would come in and sit down and talk to me. And they said, oh, we're just going to sit with you today. And I said, oh, okay, that's nice. I thought I was special. I thought it was the spirit of the Lord or something, you know. And they said, oh, we're going to sit with you today, and we're going to talk to you, and da 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 And all these weird things kept happening. Long story short, they had me on the psych ward. <laughs> now, before you judge... It could have been because they didn't have enough beds in the hospital. <laughs> Nevertheless, that's where they had me at, on the psych ward, okay? And when I figured out that they had me on the psych ward, I said, you better get me out of here. You had better get me out of here. I don't care what you're putting in me. I ain't crazy. So they said, well, we, well, 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 I said, no, 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 no. You better get me out of here. So they moved me. And so when the man of God called to look for me and talk to me, I wasn't in the room that they had, they had originally put me in. And he, would, he said, he, huh, you know, he said, don't do that to me. He said, I called for you, and they said, you're not in the room anymore. And I said, no, they had me on the psych ward. I'm not staying on the psych ward. So they put me in another room. But while I was there for that month, I heard the Spirit of the Lord tell me many things. But one of the things that God told me, he whispered into my heart, forward push. Forward push. I didn't understand what forward push was. I didn't know nothing about forward push. What I thought it was was, you know, keep pushing. 
Keep going. Keep moving. But God was actually birthing in me a business. He was birthing in me a vision that was bigger than me. He was birthing in me something that he wanted me to take out into the community. And while he was doing that and they were shooting and plugging things in me, I was writing. Okay? I, um, back then, I'm, I'm advanced now. I got, a, I got an iPad now. But back then I had a little, um, little tablet thing. And I have to give credit to Mr. Jones because when I first met him, um, he came into this meeting one day and I had like, you know, tons of papers and everything. And I said, okay, guys, here's the paper. And Mr. Jones said, he said, you know, I, I do, you know, I don't want the paper. So I said, oh, after I copied all my papers, okay, okay, all right. So I said, hmm, okay, let me get me something and get advanced. And so now I got me an iPad, Mr. Jones. Thank you very much. And so God spoke to my heart, and he said, birth this thing. Now, I, was, I didn't know what forward push was. I was really afraid. And while I was wrecked in my body, and by the way, my body had sores all over it. I had blisters all over my body. Nobody knew about that. You couldn't, I couldn't wear clothes because just touching them and all that junk that happened to me. And the Lord birthed forward push. And so when he birthed forward push, all I knew to do, I heard the Lord say, I need you to invite some women to this thing. And I was like, you know, I feel terrible. I look terrible. Who's going to come? And then you're gonna, you told me they're going to pay to come? And he said, I just want you to do this. And so I heard the word of the Lord, and I obeyed the word of the Lord while I was in prison. And then... I called, a, I called one woman, and well, I talked to one woman, and a month later the woman called me while I was sick, and she said, you know, I'd like to get together with you, and I'd like to come to this event that you're talking about. And I was like, okay. So I didn't want to do it, but I said, this is what I said. I don't know if any of you did this, but this is what I said. I said, I'm going to do this just to get God off my back. This is what I'm going to do. Then when I do this, he'll leave me alone with this forward push. I don't even know what it is. And so I invited one woman, and I had three women show up, okay? Three women showed up. One woman, three women show up. Since conception of that vision, every time I have an event, I get sold out in Jesus' name. I give all the glory to God. Not only did God birth that in my spirit in a dark hour, he also placed in my hand an organization, a nonprofit organization, okay? Now, I have many sisters, okay? Many sisters. I don't know the count of how many sisters I have. But my, my, my older sister, Jeannie, says, no, you really only got three. But, um, but I have many sisters, okay? And my mom of 187 went through, okay? But out of all those kids and she did a work for 30 years, glory to God. God's going to bless her for that. She decided, um, she's probably tried to renege a couple of times since she did decide, but she decided to place this vision in my hand, this nonprofit thing in my hand. So while I'm in my dark place, while I'm in the prison, I'm sitting with my little pad, and I'm just doing what I hear the Lord doing. They keep coming in every day telling me, I got to pay attention, I got to do this, because they're going to go into my head, they're going to cut it, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. I really wasn't even afraid at that point because you know why? Why do you think I wasn't afraid? 
focused on the vision. I'm telling you, I was so focused on the vision. I was just doing all kinds of things. All kinds of creative things were coming out of me. And pastor says, what are you doing up there? I says, I don't know. I'm just doing this. The doctor had to come in one morning and say to me, you got to listen. You got to listen to us. We're getting ready to go inside your head. I said, oh, oh, okay. So what were you saying? So my mother's sitting there nervous and worried and everything. He said, now we're going to do it this way. We're going to do it that way. We're going to do it this way. And I, all of a sudden, I, was, I wanted him to leave so I could get back on my pad. I looked up at him and I said, what did your kindergarten teacher say about you? <laughs> now this man, I had 35 doctors tending to me, by the way. This man is... They called him in. He's a specialist. He goes into small places because where they had to go into, if they hit one side to the left or one side to the right, it's over. Okay? So they had to call a guy in that was unique. But you know what I also had with me in that hospital room? I had the church praying. I had the church praying for me. And I literally felt the power of prayer. And so the doctor said, I'm going to go into your head. I asked him, I said, Where'd you get, who, what'd, you, what'd your teacher say about you? And he said, he stopped and he looked at my mother. Oh, Brenda, Brenda, listen now. Don't, she, you know, it's the medicine, basically, she's saying to him. And the doctor's kind of looking and everything. And he said, well, you know, that's strange. You would ask me that. He said, my first grade teacher said to me, I have such thin hands that one day I'll be able to get into real small places. You got to know how to ask the right questions. So he said, why would you ask me that? I said, I want to make sure that you didn't buy that degree. Okay, because a lot of people are buying degrees, Raven, right? I said, I want to make sure you didn't buy that degree before you went in my head and cut me. Every day they kept canceling the surgery. On the fifth day, the, the church was praying on the fifth day. They said, we don't have to go in and cut. They went in another way, and they were able to go in and remove it in Jesus' name. And I stand here before you today giving God the glory. Because in your dark place, God will show you some things. And when he shows you those things, he don't want you to focus on what's going on in your life. He wants you to focus on what he showed you. Amen? Amen. So be encouraged, okay? So your dark places or your position doesn't mean that God has forsaken you. Contrary to what people may think about you, because some people said, oh, it must be sin in her life. Oh, she must have did this. She must have did that. I don't know why I suffered a brain tumor, but I know this. I was going blind, but now I can see Oz Marie. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. God is about to show up and do some mighty things, okay? All right, amen. In 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 in the King James, I'm going for time's sake. But as it is written, eyes have not seen nor ears have heard, neither has it entered into the heart of the man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. I love you, Jesus. You know I do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody take the next step. The next step is this right here. God, in verse 3, the word of the Lord said this in Jeremiah. Call and he will answer. If you are in a dark place today, God wants you to call him. God wants you to say to him, what is it, Lord, that burdens your heart? 
Don't hand them all your problems. Say, what is it, Lord, that burdens your heart? As a matter of fact, let me give you a little secret. Make an exchange with God. Give him your stuff and take on his. His burden is easy and his yoke is much lighter than yours. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. So it says there, the word call is the foundational word for prayer and intercession. I don't know if you know that, but in the Old Testament, that's what it is. To call is to proclaim. It is to read. And the word answer means to humble, to bend over or respond to the call that which was called. The Lord God says, if you find yourself in a place or a position with no vision, no sight, which was happening to me, for your next, for your next move, call out to me and I will come and I will bend down just to hear what you got to say. Okay? This is what the Lord is saying to you. He's going to bend down just for you. Amen? It's, um, and then he says, when people of Israel were broke, remember that when, in um, Isaiah 41, around the 10th verse? When people of Israel were broke, busted, and disgusted, it seemed like the enemy was about to wipe them out. God did the same thing for them, okay? God came down, he answered, they called out to him, he answered them, and he bent down and he released them of the bondage that they were in, Okay? God gave me the vision of forward push empowerment right in the middle of wrestling with a massive tumor, not in my brain, but underneath my brain. It don't matter if it was on the left side, the right side, up over the brain. It was in there, and it didn't need to be up in there. Amen? But God gave me vision right in the middle of that. And you also remember this. We have to remember this. The apostle Paul, he wrote half or over a third of the New Testament while he was in prison. He was locked up in prison, but God gave him a word, okay? So have, have confidence. Be encouraged that wherever you are, you find yourself at right now, God wants to talk to you. He wants to hear you. He wants you to call out to him, okay? Amen. And the senior pastors, you remember him saying that um, he, he already heard the word of the Lord when he was in the light on um, what he was going to do. But from the time that he heard it to the time that the church came to pass, he went through some things. We all know that he didn't even have a job and he brought his family here. And then the Lord spoke to him. And the day that he got fired, the next day that he got fired, he was supposed to go speak out in the city. And I am a witness for him because I showed up at that uh, speaking that he had to do. He got fired on Sunday. Now, before he got fired, he had a meeting on Monday. He didn't know he was going to get fired. Sunday, he gets fired. Monday, he's still got to go out and speak. Now, the people that he's going to speak with think that he's a pastor in this church. They don't know nothing about the firing. Now, little old me, he's not my pastor anymore because he's not here because he's been fired. So I'm torn between the pastor that's here and the pastor that I'm drawn to, okay? And so I'm saying, oh, God, I feel so bad because I'm a compassionate woman. I feel bad for this man. So the spirit of the Lord, I said, well, you know, I'm the one that introduced him to these people. So what I'm going to do is just show up to support him. I'll just be in the audience, you know. I'll sit in the back so he'll see me so he won't feel alone because he was new to the area. So I'll sit in the back. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, fix up. And I said, 
for what? I'm going to be in the back of the church. Fix up. I said, oh, okay. So I put a little extra on, you know. So I went and I sat in the back and everything. When I get to the place, the woman says to me, uh, hey, how are you? I said, good, good, good. She says, your pastor coming? And in my head, I said, God, he's not the pastor. I don't know what to do, what to say. Oh, I said, oh, yeah, he'll be here. He'll be here. She says, okay. She says, well, here. I said, what's this? She says, oh, you're introducing him. I said, introducing him? What do you mean I'm introducing him? I, I, I just came to just make sure he could see me. No, nope, you're going to introduce him. And so I said, what do I say? I don't even really know him real good. So I'm standing there trying to read his bio. And then I remember the Lord said, fix up. Because the city officials were there. This was going to be in the paper and everything. So I stood up in front of the church that day, and I began to read the bio and everything. And this part wasn't in the bio. I don't know why I did it, but I just did. And I just start reading the Bible and say, I said, could you stand to your feet and welcome the, my pastor, the pastor of International Family Worship Center. And everybody said, woo, 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 woo. And I said, what did I just do? Oh, my God. He's, he doesn't even have a church. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so I, made, I really wanted to run out of church so I didn't get in touch with him, um, you know, after and everything. But my phone rings while I'm in the car. And it was him. And we're both quiet. <laughs> he was all gathered with people around him after they were loving on him and I was so happy I said (laughs) and he gets on the phone he rings the phone my little cell phone the little flip one back then and I said hello and he said wow I said wow he said wow I said wow and that went on for a few minutes and everything I said I just I just I he said wow wow and so so Lo and behold, you know, he got busy. Here we are sitting here today. I thank God for that opportunity. Thank you, Lord. But I said all of that to say that he was hurting. He was in a dark place. He didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but yet God gave him that vision, and he followed that vision out. So I need you to turn around and look at someone and say, vision can come in the darkest of places. I know that you thought that I forgot about the x-ray and all that, so I'm going to give you that in closing. So God told us that in this season we're going to have to have x-ray vision, right? So let me tell you what that is. This is the ability to see with anticipation and high expectation that which will come to pass. Do you got any things that you want to come to pass? Okay, God said you're going to have to be um, expecting it. You're going to have to be excited about it, okay? You can't, be ba- you can't lower your expectations. Some people lower their expectations like, mm, I already tried it. I don't know. Do not lower your expectations in this season, okay? God says it's coming to pass. In this season, we will be able to see vividly into the spirit, Our discernment will be sharper than it's ever been. The world will look at us and say, Woo, you're pretty wise. Woo, you're so intuitive. This is what the woman of God was trying to say to the ladies at the vision board party. Lady, who, how many were there? This is what the lady of God, the woman of God was saying. She was saying, Utilize your x ray vision um, to allow God to let you see it before. You see it. Amen? So then God can manifest it, okay? And then it says, some of you right now in this church, you know the ones I was telling you, they said, I've been there, I've done that. Some of you in this church believe that this 
vision stuff is a bunch of mocha mocha. You know what that is? I don't either, but that's what came up. <laughs> and it's not good, whatever it is. And you feel that you've been there and you've done that, that you got the T-shirt and the tattoo. You're bored with writing down the goals, the themes, and the dreams. I heard the Lord say this, and you need to write this down. If you're not careful, you will find yourself standing before him with the goods that he intended for you to deposit into the earth. In simple terms, you will take earth's goods to the grave. How many of you know that the richest place on earth is the graveyard? Okay, a lot of people are laying there with untapped potential, okay, because they didn't get it out on earth. God said, let that not be you. Amen? Amen. This is what the Lord said. Number B, some of you have lowered your expectations. You're depressed, oppressed, and you could care less. The man of God said, if you find yourself depressed and oppressed, several things have happened. You have yet to discover your vision or you have lost sight of your vision. He went on to say you are going to have to dream again. You remember that? Turn to your neighbor and say, dream again. Amen. Number two, you must develop night vision. What is night vision and why is it important? Night vision is the ability to see in low conditions. Okay? Its original purpose was to locate the enemy's targets at night. It is still used extensively by the military, by police, and by IFWC security. <laughs> they can see y'all when you don't think they can see you. Amen. For the purpose as well as navigating and surveillancing the area. Now, the thing about night vision is this. Everybody, if you know me, you know I, I like um, Nat Geo Wild. So I like looking at all those animals. My husband said, why do you keep looking at them? But um, I look at them and I learn a lot. And one of the things that I learned that, uh, how many lioness we got in the room? Lioness. Okay, how many king, king lions we got in the room? Men, 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 come on, lift your hands up. Okay. All right, well, if y'all ain't no lion in your house, don't come trying to say nothing to me. Okay. <laughs> All right, so listen, a lion has, super, has a super weapon, and their weapon is night vision, okay? It gives them a critical edge to win against the opponent. Their superior night vision puts them over the line to win the fights that they get in. With their extra-large pupils and a light-reflecting layer on their retina, a lion's night vision is three times more powerful than a human. They have six to eight times as many cells for viewing objects in low light as humans. That allows them to see much more in, in settings in the dark where humans um, can't see and where they're totally blinded, okay? So when I was in a dark place, I believe that the Lord gave me night vision. Okay, I believe that. I believe that. And why do we need light vision? It's important to have light vision because the world is guaranteed to get darker. Have you been listening to the news? But the Bible promises as it gets darker, we are going to get lighter. 
okay? But we got to have night vision. Why? Because you got to see some things. Some stuff is going to be going on, and everybody's going to be complaining about the stuff, but God says you're going to be able to see vividly. Your discernment is going to be sharpened. Whenever, every, whenever everybody else is scrambling around and trying to find out how to get a loan, what's the right time to buy property, how should I get to the next level, how should I get that job? How should I get that man? How should I get that woman? God will be showing the ones with night vision vividly in the spirit. He'll be showing them that husband. One will appear. One will appear. He'll be looking good with the six packs and all that. But God will have your vision so sharp that you're like, good, bro, but you ain't the one. You are not the one. You are not the one. You are not the one. Okay? God's going to give you night vision, okay? And he's also going to do this with you that are on eHarmony. Get off of eHarmony. Get off of eHarmony. God's going to show you where he's at. You ain't got to go on the website to get him. God will show you where he's at. And you ain't got to go looking for somebody else's man. Okay? God's got you one. How do you develop it? This is what he said in 1 Corinthians 1 through 13. Can I read that real quick? Is it okay if I read that real quick? And then I'm going to give you the last bit. Okay. Um, the pastor, Naomi, said I could, so you guys, you guys take it up with her. Amen. I only got one more thing to tell you, and then we're good. As a matter of fact, does anyone have it? Then we can move quicker. Does anybody have 1 Corinthians 1 through 13? Let's act like the old church. Anybody got it? <laughs> Nobody got it. Okay. Fidel, you like to read it? Stand up. Okay, you either got it or you don't. You got it? Okay, sissy. Read loud now. Okay. Anybody? Got to put her glasses on? Okay. <laughs> Read it, bro. Read it loud. Well, keep going. Keep reading. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You in First Corinthians? First Corinthians? I speak with all the languages, the great. Okay. 13 one. Okay. The loved one. That's. Okay. Go ahead, brother. That's okay. Calm down. Gather yourselves. <laughs> Go ahead, brother.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for a reading of your word. Thank you, Lord. This, in closing, is what the Lord said. This is the last one. We must re-examine our vision of love. Everyone in this room may not have the gift of prophecy, but everyone in this room should and can prophesy life to themselves and to others in other situations. Love and prophecy go together like love and marriage. You can't have one without the other. Prophecy will speak to who God originally intended you and created you to be. The foundation of prophecy is always to get you to be into the center of God's will. The driving force of prophecy should be love. Prophecy is the truth that you will have been, you have been privileged to see something, right? Love is the vehicle which you should be able to deliver what you see. We must desire an appetite for the things that please God. We must resist temptation to be distracted. We must show no mercy to the things that try to steal, distract us from the goals, dreams, and themes that God has for us. And I'm going to put up on the screen, um, I'll let it go through, Mr. Jake, is it okay? I'll let it go through on the screen, um, what the Lord, just give you a little snip of um, what God has done with me and some of the things that he's done in my life with Forward Push, and also to let you know, even with our um, organization, what we're doing, we're not just doing things that I would get the glory and be in public, but this young man right here, we were able to give him a computer to um, transform him with his education and everything, and I want to thank the church for helping us with that. We're doing some great works in the community. If you have no vision, 
vision because, see, a lack of vision will make you perish. It'll make you be lost. It'll make you lose out on relationship and advancing opportunities. Um, a lack of um, vision will help you to um, have low self-esteem. This young man right here also was awarded a computer. We have established the Liz Hall Hurley Award, which will give a child an opportunity to better um, learn in school and everything. We're doing some great things in our community because when I was in darkness, the Lord spoke to me. I cried out to him. I heard him, and he listened to me. He bent down in my place, and he heard me. So if there is a lack of vision, and I did partnership with the church, as you can see. The church was there. They set up their booth to try to help those that didn't know Jesus. And if you have a lack of vision, there's an opposite of that. People that have a lack of vision, there's an opposite of that. And I'm not going to read all of them to you, but it's up there so that you can take a picture. Um, vision can cause you to stay still. A lot of you are moving and leaving churches and going which way that you want to go because you don't know how to sit still. And it's only because you don't have vision. Stay still and bloom where you've been planted. Vision will help you breathe again. The man of God says if you lost your sight, you can dream again. Vision will help you rise up. You don't have to stay in Lodibar. I heard the woman of God preach a message, and she said, your low place is not your dwelling place. Too many people think that the welfare line is going to get them ahead. Be careful. The enemy doesn't care where he snares you at. He don't care if he puts you in the uh, unemployment line or in the welfare line. He just wants you to be caught up. Vision will help you grow. Vision will give you birth. It gave birth to Joseph and Mary's dream. Vision will help you persist. Vision will help you to arrive to your appointed destiny. Vision will build. Vision will forward push you. And so when vision forward pushes you, it's like I said it to those of you that know me. There's no push like a forward push. I need you to stand to your feet. Can we have some music? Hallelujah. I actually appreciate that song that was playing earlier and rewinding it over and over again. Bow your heads really quickly while I pray because there's somebody in the room that's in a dark place. And they say, I really haven't heard the Lord. I don't even know if I feel him. It just hurts. That's all I know it hurts. That's all I know I can't see. I can't see. I don't know how to do this. But I heard the Lord said that if you would be bold enough to step up and allow the pastors or the ministers, any pastor, any minister, to come up here and touch and agree with you. I know we already did it, but now you heard the word of the Lord. Pastor Naomi, Pastor Don. Minister Hudson, Bryant, hallelujah.